0: Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris
1: Whitting. If you use the nation's roadways, there's a grim statistic you need to be aware of. Bicyclist fatalities are up over 12%, according to the most recent data. And you may be surprised to hear the average age of those who died. Joining us to talk about this is traffic safety expert Pam Fisher, who authored a report on this topic. Pam, when we hear about somebody getting killed in a bike accident, most assume we're talking about kids, but that's not the case at all here. Uh, What does the research show?
0: Yeah, most people do assume it's children or teenagers. But what we found is that the average age of someone who is dying in a bicycle crash, the bicyclist, is 45 years of age, which many people go, wow, who knew? And that number has been going up since about the mid-1990s. That person tends to be male because we know that males tend to ride more than females. About three-quarters of the riders out there are actually men, so they have a greater exposure. But the age certainly has gone up significantly. That doesn't mean that children and teenagers aren't riding bicycles. They are. They represent almost a, a little bit more than a third of who's riding. But they definitely are not seeing the kind of risk that we're seeing for adults.
1: What are the causes for the accidents? Is there a pattern to this?
0: What we're finding is that it's often that the driver doesn't see the bicyclist. The bicyclist, on the other hand, assumes that the driver sees them, and so by the time they recognize that they don't, it's kind of late to take action, so that's a very common cause of bicycling crashes. We also have issues with bicyclists riding on the wrong side of the road. They need to ride with traffic. There are issues with distraction where we know drivers have been distracted and struck and killed bicyclists. And there are also issues with visually seeing the bicyclists at night. We have a significant number of these crashes happening in the evening in hours after dark. And also alcohol is a factor as well. And it's a factor for drivers as well as bicyclists, which, again, surprises many people.
1: Where do most of these accidents happen? Do they happen on intersections? Do they happen on active roadways?
0: Surprisingly, it's- the vast majority of these fatal crashes did not happen at an intersection. They happened in other parts of the roadway. In some cases, they may have been on the shoulder of the road or even may have been on bike paths, those kinds of locations. And we also know that many of these crashes, the vast majority, 70%, happen in urban areas versus rural areas. And we tend to see more bicyclists in those areas. And, you know, again, we think about accommodations, what's available to them in more rural areas. There may not be places where people really want to bike or can bike. But again, the message is regardless of where you are riding, regardless of where you are driving, we all need to be looking out for each other and we need to share the road.
1: Obviously, someone on a bike is at a huge disadvantage sharing the road with a multi-ton vehicle. Is there anything that you could suggest bicyclists do to improve their visibility?
0: Oh, absolutely. We really need to make sure that they make themselves as visible as possible, wearing brightly colored clothing during the daytime, using what we call retro-reflective materials if they're riding at dusk or after dark making sure that their bicycle is equipped with a light that's working well that really illuminates the roadway and it lights up the bicycle as well and also reflectors in fact many states require that bicycles be equipped with both lights and reflectors so the key is making yourself as visible as possible and also recognizing that you need to be on the lookout for that driver because unfortunately they might not be looking out for you or be used to seeing you so it's about being as defensive as possible and it's The other thing is to make sure that you signal your intentions. Many of us learned hand signals when we were young riders. We need to use those kinds of things to let drivers know what we're doing. So the more visible we can make ourselves, the better.
1: Pam, what advice would you have for the drivers other than just to keep your eyes
0: open? The first thing is to be very alert to your surroundings and recognize that there are going to be other modes of traffic on the road. You know, if you're driving through residential areas, if you're driving by parks and things like that, you need to really be alert for people using different modes of transportation. But I would also say that people are using their bicycles to commute as well. So you may not think that you're going to see them on you know busy multi-lane roads or even near highways and stuff, but that's not necessarily the case. For folks who are commuting, they're going to try to take the quickest route, the easiest route for them. So that means that we have to be alert to bicyclists on all different roadway types. We also need to slow our speeds down, recognize that in the event there is a crash involving a bicyclist and a car driver or even a car driver and a pedestrian, lower rates of speed mean that there's a better chance of that individual surviving that crash. We need to be aware of that, and speed is a really big issue. Using your mirrors, we tend to scan the road, looking ahead, looking in our rearview mirror, but we need to make sure we're using our side mirrors as well. That's really, really important. And if you do come to a traffic signal where you have the ability to turn right on red, please come to that full stop. Look around, look for bicyclists, look for others before you make that right turn on red because there's a potential that there could be a bicyclist there. And one other key thing is many states have what we call three feet laws, which are designed to give bicyclists a bit of a buffer, if you will, in the lane. They have a right to be on the lane and the roadway. so when cars approach that bicyclist in many states are required to move over and give at least three feet of space. Oftentimes that means moving into another lane. So you need to do that when it's safe, obviously, but in the event that you're not really familiar with three feet, this might sound silly, but my suggestion is go outside of your vehicle to get accustomed to this, get a tape measure, and measure what three feet looks like so that you get a better perspective because people don't really understand what that amount of space looks like. There's no doubt that when we can separate the different modes of transportation, people on foot, people on their bicycles, people in cars from each other, give them actual physical separation, like a bike lane with some kind of a buffer between them, it's the safest thing we can do. It's proven. But in many cases, this is not available. And as we say in the report, we can't build our way out of this issue of safety. We're doing the best we can, but there's not unlimited resources. So we really need folks to understand that they have to share the road. They have to be looking out for each other because bicyclists have a right to be on the road, whether that road is a rural or urban, or they're on the roadway or at an intersection. They have a right to be there.
1: Traffic safety expert Pam Fisher, who authored the report on bicycle fatalities. Pam, thank you so much for joining us
0: today. Thanks for having me. Very much appreciate it. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.
1: Want to be as talented as Mozart or Michael Jordan? Mozart, when you look closely at his story, it fits exactly with what the researchers say. That you get great through a particular kind of activity. That's Jeff Colbin, one of the guests you'll hear on Success Journal. And Scott Adams, Dilbert cartoon creator, shares his view of affirmations. I had a uh, a nutty friend who had this technique she called affirmations where you just write down what you want to accomplish and amazingly things, coincidences start to happen and I thought, well, I'll try that. And I tried it on a few things that were just amazingly unlikely and they all happened. Each week on Success Journal, host Chris Whitting talks to thought-provoking people for ideas to improve your life, enhance your career, make you more money and inspire you. Guests include top experts, best-selling authors, renowned business leaders and more. Success Journal's easy to find. Just visit SuccessJournal.com That's SuccessJournal.com